What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Redalescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. As always, bring incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is an avid fly fisherman. He is an entrepreneur, a podcaster, and a speaker and an author. Please welcome Christian Bacasa. Did I say that? You got it. Yeah. Got it right. I forgot to ask you before we started. So I'm, I was like, I'm just going to wing it. Christian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. It's really great to hear, be here. I love I love all my fellow podcasters because it's like we get it, we know what it's all about, and you know this is our this is our world. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, I so agree. You, so you're an entrepreneur, and um, you kind of help in sales leadership. Yes, yeah. I started my career in sales, um, actually selling tuxedos as a kid for. You know, some Guido in Pittsburgh, right? Uh, <laughs> so it was a, a classic event in that sense. And then I just kind of worked my way up, spent a lot of time in sales, actually in the outdoor industry. Okay. And then I started paying for diapers and daycares. So I said, let's make some real money. I went to software and I sold software for, gosh, probably 12 years or so at least. Um, and then I just started going, you know, I always wanted my own business. What am I going to do? Yeah. And I just started fiddling with micro businesses. And so I created some some micro businesses and sold them. And now I do a, a Christmas tree pickup business um, in Salt Lake City, where you pay to have your tree picked up at your uh, end of your driveway. You take it down, drag it out to the end of the driveway. We come by, pick it up, recycle it and everything. It's a very fair price. And, you know, what we like to do is sell to... Um, financial advisors, realtors, et cetera, when they give their gifts. It's an awesome gift to give someone and uh, takes them out of having to strap it to the car and whatnot. The other things I do is I, I own a podcast network. Okay. Um, so I have a network of podcasts that have a common theme and it's outdoor enthusiasts. And then we, you know, market towards those people. Um, and, and then I'm a fly fisherman yeah. and I run a fly fishing business. And that's probably my primary uh, income. And I, I write for the, the podcast, I schedule the podcast, sell marketing, all those types of things that you would do within a, a podcast, et cetera. And it all works really well. Things, all those, yeah. all the hard, yeah. it's, a lot, it's not easy having a podcast if you're going to grow it and make it, make it something. Podcasts are interests are like multiple businesses versus one business. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. You also, um, now you're part of the Kickstart Biz Network. Is that yours as well? Kickstart Biz Network is another network that we've kicked off, and that's a business network. Okay. And so anybody who is um, really interested in information around small to mid-sized businesses would come to that network, and then we have affiliate podcasts that um, run various items, that whether it's front office or back office, et cetera, and you can pick up your education. So rather than searching the web yeah. or searching I, you know, the iPod uh, or, or iCat, iPhone ordeal. Yeah. Um, you know, you come to one place and there's all kinds of different things. But what's great is we really on both networks facilitate the podcasters. So most networks think about, well, let's how how do we facilitate the the listener? And what I found was rather than going that route, let's facilitate the podcasters. Cause if I do that, yeah, they make better shows, they get better guests, they get better marketing. They get better information, et cetera. And that all trickles down to the listener. But if you go the other way, the podcasters really struggle. Yeah. And therefore, you don't get the quality that the listener is really looking for in the long end. Yeah. I, well, I like that. That's a great way to go about it. 
because um, podcasting is not easy. There's a lot that goes into it, as you know. And I feel like we, what we do brings so much value to the world and um, we need to be supported like that. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. In the way you think about it, you know, we're of age, most of us who are podcasters are of age that yeah. we didn't grow up saying, I want to be a podcaster. No, I didn't even know what it we was. We grew up saying something else and we fell into this business of podcasting and made something of it. Yeah. But- we need to be taught still. It's an ever-learning tool, and it's changing drastically right now. And so if we can teach the podcaster how to be a podcaster in so many ways by bringing experts in and advice and, hey, this is working for me, that's working for you, it's that trickle-down effect, et cetera. And it's a you know uh, cross-pollination, um, whatever you want to call it, right? We all grow together. It works really well. With everything that you do, how do you have time to do any of it? Because that's all you do a lot. Yeah. So some of it, luckily, it transfers with each other. So the podcasting and the networks, they all kind of work together. Okay. I was doing all that research on my own anyhow. And then when I started speaking with other podcasters, I started realizing I was always in this advisement role and felt like I was more confident and comfortable with things. And so I started going, wait a minute, there's a lot of people out there that need help. Yeah. And I thought I needed a ton of help. And so I just started studying more and more. And then I went, okay, I'm going to provide this as really a service, but how do I provide it as a service that's a different approach than just being a consultant? Yeah. Um, and then that's really what I did there. And then the fishing is a, a passion of mine. I don't work a day job anymore, so I pr I just do the the fishing and uh, podcasting. So, um, you know, you you find time for things that you love, and it's, it's done well for me. You're fly, but you have a fly fishing. You have a business with the fishing. Yeah. So the business is the podcast. So oh, the I podcast guess. runs. I you know make money on my marketing, et cetera. Okay. But then I have a blog, and then I have all kinds of affiliate sales and. Uh, I got sales you. that run off of that. So, for example, um, I've come up with several techniques or several cheat cards, books, et cetera, that I'll sell, those little things. Um, and then I do like um, webinars, paid webinars, which are trainings. Okay. So I'll I'll do limited webinars that are like 10 people. Sure. So you get a really in-touch connection with me. We talk about specific things. You can actually ask questions that are going to get answered. You know, all those things that happen when you're in a small room versus in a big room. Yeah. Yeah. That's my approach. And, and, and fishing is such like such a, you can cut cast a wide net around that because there's so many people that are, are into it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're niche because we're fly fishing specific, yeah. okay. but even within fly fishing, you could easily write down 10 different tactical techniques. Okay. And then each technique has 30 plus items within it. Sure. To go over. So you have to be extremely um, niche oriented, even within fly fishing to help people. And what happens is you have really kind of two flushed out customers. One is a beginner customer. Okay. Somebody who really wants to get going and understand and find what's available to them out there. And they... They go into this aha moment of, holy smokes, I thought I knew a lot. And wow, now that I know more, I will, I know I know too much almost. 
And then they start to fall into this experienced angler perspective. Okay. And that experienced angler is the one who goes, you know what? I want to be a fly fisherman, but I want to be able to fish for any fish, any species, anywhere, at any time. Okay. So I want to be fully capable. And that's really what I specialize in is in enabling people to be fully capable anglers. So you can literally go, I'm going to Texas on a work trip. Yeah, and I'm going to grab a guide or I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to figure out what's in this pond by the hotel or whatever and enjoy yourself for an evening. And it's 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 very relieving. And that that's how I fell into fly fishing is is from a relief standpoint. And fly fishing is a complete... So I told you before we started recording, I, I did I went fishing for... I mean, I, I used I fished with my father when I was like eight years old. What, for I, so I fished for the first time a couple months ago I, in Key West. And there was a gentleman on the boat that was doing some fly fishing. So his techniques were completely different than the stuff we were doing. So it's a, a much harder way to fish. It is. It's it's one of those funny sports where you go, gosh, it'd be a lot easier if I just did it the regular way, but now I'm going to do it this way. And there's a there's a couple reasons I think people do it. And okay. One is the challenge, right? Sure. Yeah. You either get bored with the old way and you want more challenge. The other way is... Um, most conventional fishing, you're using either high-tech equipment or you're using bait. And bait is a natural food. And in fly fishing, you're using what you would consider a lower-tech equipment. So on a regular rod, when you cast, you're actually casting the weight of whatever your bait is. So your bait weighs a hefty amount. You can feel it on the end of your rod and you cast it, and that weight extends the line. Okay. On a fly rod, your flies weigh very little. And what actually extends the line is the weight of the line. So the line is slightly weighted. Okay. So what that does is you get some line out of the rod. Yeah. And as you cast back and forth, like you've seen in a river run through it or something like that, that line bends the rod and the rod therefore flicks the line out even further. Okay. And so it's very technical in that sense uh, of a nature. So it's, it's a lot more like a dance, per se, yeah. with yeah. the rod. Then you have, on the other line, a fly. And a fly could be all kinds of different things. We all fall in love with, on a river runs through it, there's this beautiful little bug floating down the river, and the trout comes up and yum, eats it, takes it, and you go floating down the river. I mean, it's this amazing thing. I love how dramatic you are. <laughs> right. <Taking> play by play. <laughs> but it's, it's really, it's probably 10% of the time that you fish like that. Yeah. 90% of the time you're actually fishing underwater with fake bugs. So then you get into this entire learning experience. And the learning experience is now I'm learning the entomology of the river. So what bugs are living in the river? How are they hatching? What are the phases of it? I'm trying to mimic them. So what are all the food sources for fish? Then I'm learning where the fish live and why. And so you start to study what are the hydraulics of the substrate of the river and how are the fish sitting on the substrate so that they're out of the the wake of the water and they're conserving themselves. And then why are they afraid or weary? Oh, well, it's because of the birds. It's because of the approach of something else. And so you really become this internal expert of river ecology or water ecology. Yeah. And you study these things that you never thought you would study. I never thought I would study pugs, you know, what a yeah. nymph phase or a pupil phase is. I mean, I remember that from like seventh grade biology and wanted to forget it as fast as I could, you know, when yeah. I played basketball or whatever. So 
it, you really start to learn those things. And, and again, for me, that was something that when I started learning more, it felt like this never-ending learning process. And so you were always digging into that curiosity. I think growing up through sales, I had a natural curiosity and that fed a lot of that for me and just really made it. And then you solve puzzles and then you realize, well, did I solve the puzzle? I don't know exactly why I caught that one or I didn't catch them. And so it's this never ending battle of, did I figure it out or did I not figure it out? Am I, am I better? Yes, I am, but am I worse? Cause I know more. So it's, it's a really unique scenario just in fishing in general. Oh, hi, it's your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. I'm here to share an exciting opportunity with you. I've recently partnered with securevpn.io. They specialize in protecting your online activity, such as transactions, your online searches, your privacy protection, and it protects you from any data leakage from hackers out there that have access to your information. So please click the link in bio and take advantage of the special opportunity with securevpn.io. Again, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. And so what is the name of your podcast? The name of my podcast is called the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast. It's very straightforward. Um, we do a lot of interviews. Okay. We do two shows a week. We do an interview show. The interview show can be anybody from a beginner through a, an absolute complete expert. Okay. Most of them lie somewhere in the middle. They're a guide that is has a, has a lot of experience, is going to bring something, or they're somebody who's just a very fishy person in a specific area, and okay. they're going to teach us something. The goal is that we leave every show with a value add to the listener. Sure. So- when we wrap up the show, we go into detail on a tip that they can typically go repeat somewhere in their fly fishing career and, you know, make themselves successful. The other side of the show is on Thursdays, I run a tips episode. Okay. And so I take two to 15 minutes and I'll give them one of my better tips for fly fishing. And that can be everything like, here's a shortcut on how I tie a knot with a forcep that people love. Okay. Or if I set up a rig, this is why I set it up and how I set it up, et cetera, et cetera, to be successful. And so it's very repeatable in a nature of learning yeah. in that sense. So it works really well for us. Wow. Very cool. Now, so you, you've definitely created your own, like your own life. You're living a, like your life on purpose and not a lot of people can do that. And so you're doing the podcasting, you're doing something that you love, which is the fly fishing and you kind of marry the two together. Was it always easy? Like, what was like your path to getting to, to that point? Because it's not always easy getting there. I know. It's it's not. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I think there were a couple of things I was really fortunate about. One, I had a lot of, um, I would say, uh, mini mentors okay. in my life. My father was a mentor. I sat in the truck with him, worked construction. You don't want to do this the rest of your life, Christian. You'll be sore. You know, this guy, that guy. You don't want to be yeah. like him. You see how hard he works, you know. And so then I went to school. Um, so that was a mini one, right? And then I learned from people there. And then I learned from people in my career, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things I learned on really early that was I really enjoyed the creativity and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. The thing yeah. I struggled with for years is how do you be an entrepreneur and find something you love? but that's also going to help you make a living. Yeah. And then I fell into the, what I would consider trap of most 
people. And that is, I started a career, I started making money, and I started making bills. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get trapped in that, well, I got to make this amount of money because I got to be successful and I got to... And so fortunate for me and unfortunate for me, at age 35, I'm 47 now, I got diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's disease, which is a form of lymphoma. Yeah. And at the time I was racing mountain bikes and ski mountaineering and climbing all over the world, et cetera. But I lost about 90% of the functionality of my left lung. And being down and out, my friends, I mean, they really came through. Yeah. And they said, look, we're going to take you on a fishing trip. I know you never go because you're always climbing or skiing or biking, but we're taking you. And I literally had come out of a transplant, a stem cell transplant, and I was 97 pounds. Wow. So I looked like I came out of a concentration camp. I could barely walk across the room. And they said, you got three months. We're taking you to Ennis, Montana. So they gathered me up at the time. I probably weighed 110, 115 pounds, maybe. Yeah. And they slapped my boots and stuff on me, threw me in a little pontoon and tied my shoes and said, go catch some fish. We're going to be right beside you. And they would help me haul the boat up and do certain things. And we fished for 10 days. Wow. What was beautifully unique about it was it was a handful of my friends. And then it was my college roommate and his father and a couple of his friends and the older guys every day we would come home from fishing have our dinners and stuff and yeah then we would the older guys would take me out to one of the local smaller streams and they would say today we're going to teach you this technique the next day we're going to teach you that technique so i had like 10 days of technique so i came out of this like a master class like holy smokes i know all this stuff and it was it was so much of one of those oh my gosh, I know so much now. What do I do with all this? This is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. what it it gave me was an opportunity to think about all kinds of new things, put life in perspective, enjoy my friends, but it really got me away from thinking about cancer. Yeah. And I did that. The next year we started doing the same thing. And my buddy said, well, you know, the next year, yeah, we're going to go to Belize. And I went, wow, shit, Belize is going to be expensive. That's an expensive trip. I got to buy all this gear, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I said to him, you know what? I think I'm going to start a fly fishing business so I can write all this off. Yeah. And they all laughed at me and I was serious. And so I started, went home, I started a social media business and I started selling hats, et cetera. And then we sold social marketing media for a couple of years and then we realized the barrier entry to that wasn't very hard for a college kid. And so I transitioned into doing some uh, lodging referrals and things like that. And I was marketing with a guy who was running a podcast and he came to me one day and said, I'm getting kind of burnt out on this podcast thing. And my wife's giving me a headache because I'm not making a ton of money and yeah. I don't really know how to monetize it and this and that. And I said, Hey, you know, I don't know what to tell you, buddy, but you just keep at it, blah, blah, blah. I'm up the phone and I thought, that's something I could do. I know how to monetize yeah. that. Yeah, I know how to do this. Why don't I just buy it off? So I did. I bought a used podcast. It was a hundred and some episodes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't have to do the initial growth, which was fantastic. And it came with a list of emails and I just started marketing it more and monetizing it um, and put my sales into action and it's just grown exponentially since and uh, been a, been a great loss. So 
it's really offered me something that I didn't have before and yeah. has been absolutely incredible. But it's one of those things where you say, I learned a ton of things. Yeah. I just wish I could learn them a different way. Your stories and inspiration and your friends were like a godsend. And just look how that transformed your life. Yeah, it was it was really unique. I mean, I had a I had a one year old and a three year old. Oh wow. Okay. And um, you know, I've gone through a divorce since. Okay. Um, and that was hard on us. Sure. But my friends have been just awesome for me. They've been there every step of the way and you know, I'm still really good friends with my ex wife, et cetera. And I have a, a girlfriend now and we live a wonderful life and the kids are happy and all's moving forward. And, and you're healthy, right? And I'm I'm healthy, yeah. You know, you, you go through the changes and you try and figure it out. Yeah. My uncle's an old war veteran and he used to say when I was real sick, I would call him every once in a while and he'd say, You know, Christian, sometimes you just put your head down and you write your mother. Mm. And he says, Next thing you know, you're gonna be up and things are gonna look a lot better. Yeah. And uh, it's so true. You know, sometimes you just kind of buckle down. Yeah. There are a lot of incredible lessons there in your story. Really quick, you want before you start wrapping things up, you want to tell us about the book that you helped helped write? You co-authored, right? Yeah, I co-authored a book. Um, the fellow that I co-authored it with is John Childress. And oddly enough, John, he contacted me on LinkedIn one day. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think about this idea of running some uh, executive camps in fly fishing? And I happened to run sea level camps for Oracle for a long time. And I said, I think it's viable. It's going to be tough, but I, here's what I would do in this and this and this. Yeah. Just gave him some free advice. And he kind of did the same thing I did. He called me back a few days later and said, you know, you seem to know a lot about this. Do you want to write a, you want to do this together? And I said, yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll do it together. And um, sure enough, a couple months into getting the courses ready and setting things up and whatnot, COVID hit. Well, nobody's traveling. Right. So he's ready to kind of like toss in the towel. And I said, John, well, you've written a bunch of leadership books. So why don't we write a fly fishing leadership book? We can use it as curriculum when we come out the other end if we want to. Yeah. But what we'll do that's different is we're going to interview 75 different executives that fly fish. Yeah. We're going to ask each one, what did you learn from fly fishing that you took to work? And what did you take from work? and apply to fly fishing. And the stories that came out of that I were absolutely amazing. Yeah. And how guys would think about, you know, how you approach a river and sometimes you just sit and wait and listen and yeah. watch. I've learned to do that in a boardroom. Wow. And I'll give you this example, and they'll talk about these major deals where they've just listened, and then they've come up with these ideas, and it's made curves in the business, and et cetera. Or, you know how you did this, and there was an emotional attachment. You just couldn't let it go. And then finally, when you did, the clarity came through. And so these just amazing stories came out. The book's called Fly Fishing for Leadership. It's available on Amazon if you want to check it out there. But it's John Childress and Christian Picasso. Real easy to find. Love it. Really cool book. On that note, where else can people find you, connect with you, and learn more, um, Christian? Yeah, the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably through social media. I have an Instagram account called Fly Fishing Insider Podcast. Mm -hmm. And then you can always go check out the website. It's FFIP. Let me say that again. FFIPodcast.com. So FFIPodcast.com. You can check us out there. There's a blog, et cetera. But 
yeah, I'm always available. LinkedIn, just look up Christian Picasso. There's no other Christian Picasso out there that I know of. So you'll be able to find me. <laughs> Love it. You guys, I'm going to put those links in the show notes. So if you or anyone you know is a fly fisherman and are interested in learning more, connecting with Christian or just wanting to hear some of the stories on his podcast, go click that link, go subscribe to his channel, go follow him on social and go check out his podcast. Christian, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? Yeah, you know, um, life's going to come at you different ways, right? And I think there is um, something really important about having a level of patience. Yeah. But there's also something really important of grabbing hold of things and just going for it. So you have to walk this gentle line of, I'm going to have enough patience to come up with a hypothesis, which is educated. I think yeah. that's really important. My hypothesis has to be educated. But then once I get a little bit of education, sometimes I just need to dive in and do something in order to learn the rest and finish the rest. And that applies to anything in life. It's not just work or business, et cetera. It's relationships. It's you know anything you can really think of. So use a level of patience, but don't be afraid to dive in because the worst thing you can do is just wait and not do anything. Yeah. Amen to that. I love it. There are so many gems, hidden gems in your story that I hope the audience picked up on, but thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you for paving your own path and creating a life around something that you're passionate about. And it's a great a prime example of what we are truly capable of when we put our we focus in on that goal. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you guys having me. You are it's been welcome. An awesome time. Yes, it's been a lot of fun. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu, Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.